Hey, it's uh, Josh Brown. I'm here with Michael Batnick. We are live from the compound with Ben Hunt, the founder um, and creative genius behind Epsilon Theory. Um, ben is very angry, and we're going to find <laughs> out. Well, sort of angry. We're going to find out what's going on and why he wants to burn it all down. Stick around. All right. So first of all, thanks for coming by. I know we we pulled you off the farm in uh, what I call pastoral Connecticut. That's how, right. How often do you come into the city? You know, probably a couple of times a month. All right. A couple of times a month when all I right. have to. Well, we appreciate you coming in. Thank, thank you it, very much. Anything from my godfather, Josh. Okay. So I, I'm going to get right into it. I'm worried about you. Should I be worried? No, I, I mean, I'm always kind of been an angry guy, and sometimes, you know, the, the, the blood pressure but gets But not up a in person. More. You're angrier online than in real life. Like everybody. I, I like think everyone. like everyone, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, okay, that, that's that, fair. That, that's for sure. Okay, well, so here's what I want you to do, um, and leave room for, for later, but sure. like in a concise way, why are you so fired up right now? I feel like the blog has gotten a lot of momentum. Yeah. People are, even people that disagree with you, they're still talking about what you're saying, and I think that that's powerful to a certain extent. Um, but what's going on? The reason I'm angry, and I've always got this kind of simmering inside me, right, is is that, and and here I'll do one of my you know literary illusions here that that I like to do on this. Like that. But 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 it's an old school literary illusion. So it's it's cat on a hot tin roof, which is a Tennessee Williams play, right? And Big Daddy and you know cat on a hot tin roof, he's always railing about what he calls mendacity. Right, the, the the mendacity of the world, right. and that's what's got me angry too. Because what I see are all of these—I'm going to use my terminology here—narratives, right? Whether it's around stock buybacks, which I know we'll want to talk about, right? Yes. Or you know anything to do with with finance, right? And and what what I find is that yes, I believe in all of these narratives, right? I'm I'm a I'm a capitalist, I'm a patriotic guy, I'm all of these things. I really am, right? Uh, what I find is the mendacity, the way that these narratives are being gamed by management, if we're talking about, you know, stock buybacks and the like, right? By the way more broadly I think that these narratives are being gamed by politicians. And by politicians, I include central bankers, right? The, the way that these narratives, I think, are being gamed by the rich. So is this about income inequality or is this about wealth inequality? or Because uh, this is not a red versus blue thing. It's absolutely not a red versus blue okay, thing. Okay, I understand and, and, that. And, yeah, and, and if you'll see in my, my writing, I, I mean, I'm, as, I'm at least as anti the, you know, the, the, the Democrat mendacity as I am the Republican Right, mendacity. so the root of all, all of these posts you're doing, talking about, um, I think your latest post was the age of the high-functioning sociopath. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of this is co just coming from this idea that all of the disparities in society and all of the anger all around us, the root cause of it is a specific class of people who outsmarted everyone else mm -hmm. um, and have figured out how to continuously engineer society and economics and politics so that they keep pulling more of the chips over to themselves. So it's, it's yeah. getting worse. It's, it's the C-suite. It's, it's central bankers and it's politicians. Yeah. I, I mean, that those are examples, right? It, it's, 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 it is absolutely part of human nature, right? And I'm not saying that we're ever going to do away with fear and greed, these eternal things. What bugs me, you know, you asked what was making yeah. me angry, though, is that 
it's, it's done under cover of rules and ideas and, and, and stories, narratives that, that I think are important. Give us an example of one of these narratives. Let's get right into stock buybacks. Please. Okay. Cause, cause I think that's a really good one. Look, I, I'm a fan of stock buybacks, right? So I, I used to run a, a, a hedge fund and, and I loved it when my companies, and we'd always recommend this to them, the management, why don't you buy back your stock with the, with the cash you've got? I like that so much more than management that does some cockamamie acquisition, right, to, 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 to spend the money or, 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 or do something that, that's just nuts, right? right? I love it. Say, so, no, no, buy back your own stock. Let's get the accretive power of the stock buyback, all the, the good things that come from a stock buyback. So what's buyback. changed? What's changed is that, is that, well, even back, so, so I was running the hedge fund from, call it, you know, 05 till, you know, 2012, right? And, and what, what started to change even on the last years of, the, of that fund really started to change after the, the, the GFC, right? But it really accelerated over the last three to five years is management issuing themselves so many shares in restricted stock units, stock-based comp of some sort, right? So that the, the stock buyback, and again, this has always happened to a small extent. What's bothering me now is just the, the, the massiveness of it, right? So that the stock buyback is used to sterilize the issuance of shares. Okay. So that this story, oh, we're giving, we're returning right. capital to shareholders. What so what that capital never gets to the shareholders if it's used to buy back shares that have been issued. Otherwise. So rather than shrink the float, the amount of shares outstanding, what they're doing is they're issuing more stock for themselves, and then buying back the the offsetting amount. Correct. And you acknowledge exactly though, right. that. Like well, so Cisco was doing that 25 years ago. Here's the difference. Yes, there were some companies, particularly tech companies, that have always done this. And in a sense, I'll say, trained their investors to expect that. Right. Right. And then even, I'll call it more value-oriented companies, right, would do some of this, right? Because the, the, the tax laws changed in terms of how much of cash compensation you could was tax deductible. And so when that changed, people started saying, oh, well, we need to align our interests. Right. What I'm talking about is the agency problem. And the agency problem is never going to, going to go away. The agency problem has always been there. But what bothers me is that, you know, in these companies, I'll use, I, mean, I don't know, GE as an example, right? So, so, so GE would issue stock-based comp to its executives and its employees. That's the other thing. I don't know how much of this stock-based comp is widely distributed. So I, I right? think that's really important because you, you write a lot as if it's just management. And I think it's much wider than that. Obviously, they're taking the you, biggest piece of the pie. But so here's, here's this is important. So shares outstanding only, uh, only fell one, just over 1% a year from 2011 to 2018. So the net buyback, there was a lot of issuance and a lot of buyback. Mm -hmm. Net dilution, not so much. So your point is that these, this management, they're just taking it from our children, basically. My point is that in the past, when management would sterilize its, its stock issuance, a lot of companies did this, right? So they'd say, all right, yeah, we issued X hundred thousand shares to, to employees, we bought back that number of shares, right? But it was not described as giving cash back to shareholders. So your beef is with right? the narrative? My beef is with the narrative and the way that the narrative is being, again, gamed by management to dramatically increase 
the amount of compensation they are paying themselves through stock issuance of one form or another. So what do you think is motivating people that work in, in finance who are not on the receiving end of billions in buybacks directly, but they're investing on behalf of their clients and they do have some real points about, hey, you know what would be worse than, than buybacks? Um, to your point, reckless M&A, reckless CapEx, um, and, 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 and all of the various ways that money can just be wasted. So when, it, when I say ban buybacks, right, I am not at all comfortable with any of these flamethrower ideas, right? right? I'm, I'm, I'm really not. My problem, though, is that these are not mean-reverting phenomena, right? This is not something you can kind of tinker with at the, at the edges or kind of say, hey, guys, would you mind not, you know, giving yourself, you know, like Microsoft of their having me, $15 billion buyback last year, you know, 80% of that went to buyback shares they issued. Themselves. So maybe, are you more in favor right. of banned stock-based compensation? Well, see, but that's the other side of the, the, the coin, right? I'm, and I'm not really in favor of that either, right? But I don't know how to, I feel like you've got to attack one end or another of this problem, right? And, and I don't know which of those ends is more damaging so, to so, take a flamethrower so, to. I really okay, don't. So an investor would say, well, Microsoft is now a trillion-dollar company, mm -hmm. and shareholders have Did done well. extraordinarily well. So who is being What's hurt by this? And, and I think your answer is it's not a financial answer. It's a societal answer. That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, so, but, but let me make a financial answer first, okay. right? Because, you know, I'm, I think you guys— Occasionally, like to go to a casino, right? And and you know, you've not, been, not you know, me personally. No, but really, yeah, no, Michael, yeah, 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 right, right. Oh, yeah. Me, me, yeah. me too, me too, yeah. right. So, so if you go to the casino and you play poker, right, you're playing a, a zero sum game with the other players around. Why not the just table. buy the Nasdaq? Like, why even? Just just buy the cues. Why why, why gamble? All right, go on. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> because it's 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 entertaining and fun, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But but what does the house get out of it? They get the rake, the rake. right? Yeah, they'll take a couple of dollars out of out of every pot, and if it's a really big pot, they might take five dollars out. If it's a medium pot, they might take three dollars out. But it's a small amount of that pot, right? right? What what I'm describing, what a lot of companies are doing today, it would be as if the house, right, was taking a quarter of the pot or 50% of the pot. So that's my economic argument about why, as shareholders, you should be upset. You're saying you could have, <laughs> you could have made more. But it's hard, it's hard to quantify. So, so, but, but stock well, no, it's actually not hard to quantify because, because you, can, you can actually measure the number of shares, the, the money that the company took in, the, so the, the price for the dilution of those shares. But, the, and but it's the delta. they're boosting earnings per share, though, so by I was about to say, that. can we see? But, but you, are more, you, are, you are diluting through the issuance more than you are accreting through the buyback on a dollar-per-dollar -dollar basis. Have we looked because at, you're selling the shares back to management at a much cheaper price than you're buying them back from the public. Have you looked at total stock-based compensation as a percentage of free cash flow or earnings? And yes. And has it grown dramatically? It, it absolutely varies by company. Some companies have always had a ton of you know, SBC, right? But that's another issue with SBC. So, so, so stock-based comp, what you see on the, 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 the income statement, right, that is based on what you have... The, the fair market value of what you've issued this year, right? It, it's not necessarily what's been vested or granted or any of that. What I'm talking about, what I'm looking at, is when the rubber meets the road of actual stock issuance, of, of when management says, yes, give me that share of stock, and then what happens to the, the, the float. You, know, you were talking about it before in terms of you know, how much is issued and how much is taken out. 
But and to, and to answer that question, I find that it is inextricably bound up with stock buybacks for a lot of companies, right? That in order to start giving so much more shares to themselves as management, you, you've got to find some way, if you haven't trained your, your, your shareholders to expect that, like right. Cisco did back in the day and you know, Salesforce.com does today, right? right? If you haven't trained your shareholders to say, oh, yeah, that's great, then you've got to do bigger and bigger stock buybacks just to sterilize that, just to mask it. That's what I've got a problem so with. So let's, let's get into the impact of all of this. Um, it, sh- it, it, should, it should come as no surprise if the populace is as angry as we think it is, mm-hmm. or at least as angry as it sounds online. Like, is this one of the root causes for why we get Donald Trump followed by literally literal socialism on the ballot? Literal uh, for socialism, t- for, yeah. For, for 2020. I know. I know. Like, is the buyback thing and the wealth inequality that you're saying is engendered by that, is that one of the root causes for the political volatility? So I think we've got three things going on, this one that I'm talking about, right? And, and I think nobody really knows about it. That's right. I think that's why it's created kind of a stir, to the degree that I can create a stir, is that people say, oh, yeah, we've known about this kind of sterilization for a long time. I had no idea it had grown to the, to the levels that, you know, you can, anyone who wants to go through a 10K can document. So you okay, have... So 99.99% of Americans are not... <laughs> Downloading a 10K and then calculating. Correct. It's not hard. I mean, it's not advanced math, right? But it's not easy to do on on, on a screen. So what I'm not saying is that this is, you know, something that people are up in arms about. I think they should be, but they're not. There are two other things, though, that they don't don't understand it. I I think that's right, Josh. They do understand that, that, you know, the CEO is making 225 times the lowest paid employee, and 20 years ago, it was more like 50 times. You must have loved Jamie Dimon last night with oh this. Oh, my God. So on 60 Minutes, $30 million a year, and he said the board uh, the board sets his pay. He's the chairman of the board. He didn't mention that. See, that's a big problem. So so I do think there are things. I'm going to get to your question, Josh, about yeah. the, the, the other two big things that I think are driving the this what I like to call the widening gyre, this polarization of politics. In, all around the world, right? Not just in, in, in this country. But but to your point, I think there are some things that we can do to address this issue that I'm talking about. All right, solutions. What do we got? So one is that there shouldn't be CEOs who are also chairman of the board. That was also the problem at Boeing, right? Which is a company I wrote about recently. That seems it's, commonsensical. And yet, it's, it, it, it's not... It's not out there. So it's what not else? There. In, a, in a perfect Ben Hunt world, what do we say? Two other things. Two other things. One, the board of directors, they should not be getting stock-based comp, right? Use the directors who are there to act on behalf of shareholders and approve these plans. But shouldn't they be shareholders? They should get cash comp. And if they want to buy stock, absolutely, go buy stock. What I'm saying is they shouldn't get options and restricted stock okay. units. That's what I'm saying. They right? should be salaried. Correct. So the people that the people that are on more. boards of directors though will not do this for cash comp. They don't need to pay more taxes. They don't need the money. They're CEOs well, of other companies, which is a problem, right? Okay. That 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 in that, and it is an old boys network, right? Yeah. It's it, the you fox know, in the hen house. It's, it it, it is, is exactly that. It's it's log rolling. It's you know, there are two ex CEOs on on my board, so you know they'll scratch my back, and I'm on the board of these other two. I'll scratch. I'll scratch. Their so what's back. the third solution? The third solution is that. I believe directors, so long as they are on the board, should not be allowed to exercise options and restricted stock units. They should have to wait until after their term. Until until they're they're not in a position to actually legislate for the company 
the sterilization and the buying back of those shares. So those are the three things that I think are kind of, to me, they seem common sense. And we can of, legislate that potentially. Absolutely. Not 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 now we won't, but well, not somebody, now we won't, some, right? Somebody might. Which which is the, the the issue where, you know, then you end up I think and I'm not comfortable with it, but I but I get it. You get to the flamethrower solutions of we'll just ban stock buybacks. So right? But there, I, but I do want to get back to the okay. two the two I think things that most thinking human beings recognize as as driving this wealth inequality, right? And I've been talking about the stock buyback and the enrichment of the, I'll call it the managerial class, right? The, the Tim Cooks of the world, the, the Jamie Diamonds of the world, who are now freaking billionaires, right? Not because they started a company or, you know, they're great. They're good managers. They're managers, right? And now they're billionaires, right? But I think the thing that everyone sees, two things, tax policy, the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, right? right? I, I mean, what was that? Except a redistribution of of you know well, borrowing to make up those tax revenues and giving it back to corporations. But these people and, actually spoke out against that. I don't think Jamie Dimon was in favor of that. I'm not saying that Jamie Dimon was particularly in favor of the tax, but I'm I'm not sure he wasn't. Can we we should we should <laughs> okay. we should check the tape on that, right? We should really check the tape on that. The other thing though is monetary policy, right? It, and and it's it's when the price of money is so cheap for corporations and the very rich, but it ain't so cheap in the real economy. And it's not having the impact in the real economy that the Fed and, you know, policymakers thought it would. This permanence of extraordinary monetary policy and low rates, it is absolutely exacerbating. Can I take the other side of that? Please, of course. If you look at... um if you look at the housing market, mm-hmm. that would be a big counterpoint to what you're saying. You can borrow, you can take a 30-year mortgage out with just decent credit, somewhere around 4%, at certain moments slightly higher, slightly lower. Um, but you've been able to do that for seven or eight years, which I think is important now, given how many people in their 30s have not yet bought their first home. Um, and I think like the whole housing recovery that's now in its 11th year um, would argue against the regular people not getting any benefit from monetary policy. So the the the, the financing of your home is certainly easier, right? And, well, and starter so, home so starter home sales this year have absolutely exploded. It's I, one of the hottest segments. I don't think that's for rich it, people. And yet, when you look at you know household formation and the like, it's still you know way down in the dumps. Right. And, and, and we, need, like we need it to get better. So, so you saw the I'll call it the housing bubble. When you look at at the share of uh, household wealth in this country. Right, going into the housing collapse, right? Housing prices, your home, uh, was was the largest chunk of, of 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 household wealth, right? By by a large margin, much more so than financial markets. Yes, right. That has changed, right? Since the great crisis, you're right that the equity in your home, the value of your home, was then and remains today for most people, yeah, that's their wealth, right? Yeah, they're not going to have stock market wealth. What, what I'm saying is that great wealth, yeah. right, becoming centimillionaire, m- merely a decamillionaire, right, much right. less the billionaires of the diamonds and the cooks and the managers. So that can class. only be accomplished with the stock market. Correct. Okay, we agree. Correct. And, and this is what bugs me, right? I, I mean, the, the everyone is better off from ultra-low interest rates and, 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 and the like. It, it's this 
And this was the rationale behind the tax cuts, too. It, it's, it's, it's all part and parcel of the trickle-down theory of how money should be handled in our society. Right. You know, it started with Ronald Reagan, and it's still today. What bugs me, again, the mendacity, is that people don't seem to realize, but I think they're getting it, that monetary policy of keeping these rates really low for so long is a form of trickle-down economics. Okay, right? let's say the Fed stopped managing rates at all, and they let it be a market rate. Where, where do you think interest... Where, so um, Fed funds rate, I think, is 1.5% now, Right. Where, where would it be? 1.75, I think, the, the, okay. the Fed the funds rate. rate. So, where, so where would it be if, if they just said, you know what, let the market decide what people can borrow from the government at? Like, where, where you think it would be materially but the market, higher? The market is deciding. Well, the market is just the, not, the, not, not the Fed funds rate, but right. farther out the curve, right? And, and, but, and it's not but, much higher, Ben. But you're right, because, you know, we've got close to an inverted deal curve and all like that. I think in large part because it's not just monetary policy as in setting what the, the – overnight rate is, but it's also what you're doing with your balance sheet, right? Because that does affect farther out down the curve. So you right? think there's like a debt for equity swap happening all over corporate America? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. Ben, we really appreciate you coming on. And when I say I'm worried about you, let me just wrap up by saying, I think you're one of the best writers writing about finance right now. I read all your stuff. Thank you, John. I see the font sizes starting to get bigger. <laughs> and some of them... 16-point font, and then also bolded. And I just say, Tony we, need ben, we need Ben to stick around. We need, we need Ben around in this world. Um, so so that, that's the only reason why I say that. But I appreciate coming on. How can people read more of your stuff? Where do you want them to go to follow you? EpsilonTheory.com. Okay. Sign up for free emails. We'll have links, to, we'll have links to that. Fantastic. Um, and on Twitter, you are? At Epsilon Theory. I'm easy. You make it so easy yes, for us. Yes, that's right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Josh. It was right. a blast. Thanks, All Michael. Right. Thank you. Hey, uh, if you liked what we said, go ahead and let us know. Make sure you uh, give us a like. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Follow Ben Hunt, and we will be back with you soon.